So between now and election, what do you think? The economy going to have a recession? Yes, no, why? On balance, I, I don't think we're at the cusp of a recession. I absolutely agree with Glenn's take on what things are doing now. No, I think the short answer is no, there's not going to be a recession before the 2020 election or, or in 2020 at all, I think. I agree with almost everything that has been said so far. Turns out they were all wrong. This show is all about separating hype from fundamental change. I'm Paul Jarley, Dean of the College of Business here at UCF. I've got lots of questions. To get answers, I'm talking to people with interesting insights into the future of business. Have you ever wondered, is this really a thing? On to our show. 2020 threw everyone a curveball. That recession? Well, it turned out to be a thing. Is 2021 the return of prosperity? Will the economy go on a run like it did in the 1920s? I sat down with our resident expert, Dr. Sean Snaith. He's the director of our Institute for Economic Forecasting. Listen in. Well, thanks for joining me today, sure. Sean. Pleasure. We got, we, we got a lot to cover. I'm going to ask you to be the ghost of economy past, present, and future, if you don't mind. And uh, let's start out with the past. Um, back in 2019, I hosted a panel of people, including Glenn Hubbard at the time, and asked them whether a recession in 2020 was possible. And all of them to a person, and you as well said, no chance, right? The economy was really humming. When I asked them what they were concerned about, frankly, they had trouble coming up with anything. And then March of 2020 happened. So how bad did it get in 2020? Uh, yeah, well, at least I'm in good company and being wrong, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm the ghost or I'm, I'm haunted by my past forecasts. But yeah, I don't think... Two things, I you know that that I don't think anyone saw coming. One is a is a pandemic, global pandemic out of China. Uh, that's one thing. Okay, this is you know, that's the exogenous shock. That's the right? exogenous part, and so yeah. that's this stuff happens. Now, could that in and of itself have triggered a recession? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it was the endogenous part or the the policy response to it that really. Uh, put us into the historic downturn. And that, that was the decision in, in March and April to lock down, you know, quote unquote, non-essential sectors of our economy. And, you know, that was instantaneous recession. I mean, you know, just add water, you know, just add b- bad public policy. Uh, and, and there you go. You know, that's a command economy. The government says you don't make anything. You can still make things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was deep and it was instantaneous and there was no uncertainty of, uh, about the fact that we were in recession. Has it been the most uneven economy? I, you know, I, I don't know that much about the history of this, but I mean, clearly there have been big winners and losers in this. So there are some parts of the economy that did gangbusters, right? Our friends in Lakeland Publix did really well. <laughs> during this period. Well, yeah, and I, I played a large role uh, in that. That was, uh, for years, has been my you know, sort of social activity. It was uh, making up the excuse to go to Publix uh, to get out of the house. Um, but yeah, there, there were huge winners uh, during this. And again, you know, chosen by the government, by and large. Um, you know, uh, if you had a nail salon, you were a loser. If you were selling uh, groceries, uh, you were a huge winner. If you were selling uh, goods and services online, you were a huge winner. If you required a crowd to be successful, you were a loser. That's right? exactly I mean, that was it. sort of the rule, right. quite frankly. And instead, if you were selling something that people could enjoy by themselves, 
in general, you were a winner as, as, as part of this. But I can't think of another recession I could summarize that succinctly, quite frankly. Can you? I mean, no, I, no. No. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, this is unique. I mean, it, and again, um, you know, it, typically you may have an exogenous shock that can knock an, the economy off its tracks and, and precipitate a recession. But generally, there's some internal weakness already in place. Yeah. Oil in the um, '70s, probably the best yeah. example, right? So yeah. that was that was a huge shock a couple of times, and oil was far more important to the economy back then than it is today in terms of how much oil we use to produce GDP. Um, but yeah, this was just uh, unprecedented, and like I, I you know, I, I said, uh, you know, I, I just couldn't believe what was being done. Uh, you know, under the guise of, of uh, you know, public health. So how would you describe the economy now? Uh, I think, yeah, I, I, yeah. We're, we're in the midst uh, of a pretty solid recovery. And again, this is because of the nature of this, this recession and, and its uniqueness, you know, typically you know, there's, a, there, there's a psychology involved with, with recession and, and exiting recession and confidence has to build and, you know, it's it's a more gradual process typically everyone knew why the economy was in recession it wasn't because the economy was in poor shape it was because the government shut it down and that's why you know the panel of economists and 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 uh, you know 20, 2019 said everything was fine and that was true through through you know much of february economy was in fantastic shape you know maybe may the best i'd ever seen you know in terms of the labor market for sure um, and so you know in order to get out of recession, it was pretty easy uh, to do, and, and and the big thing was to let the economy open up again. You know, tell them all at Millennia you can have shoppers there, and all of a sudden, we're selling you know retail goods again that weren't being sold for several months, uh, and people that were furloughed were being at least part of them were being called back. So, uh, you know, we saw in the third quarter of 2020 a really large, almost 34 percent increase. Uh, in, in GDP growth at an annual rate. That was after the second quarter's contraction, historic, of 31%. Um, we just got a report this morning in the fourth quarter, the first uh, take on GDP growth, uh, and it came in at 4%. So we're continuing in a recovery. It hasn't been officially declared. Uh, I think the NBER, who weighed in very early on when it, the recession began, um, will likely declare I, I think may but uh, uh may or june of 2020 is to when we hit the bottom and began the, this recovery process and i think most of the data while it's not final um you know uh, supports that uh let's talk about government response for a little bit so we're talking about our third fiscal stimulus package if i got if i got my numbers right i think yeah uh, the biden administration is talking about their third in your judgment how effective were the first two and how necessary is the third one um i think the first one uh, you know again you you've, we, we threw in a matter of weeks you know close to 40 million people out of work i mean just you know, the labor market doesn't function like that under normal circumstances. It lags behind the economy, and unemployment rises gradually. It doesn't spike. Uh, and so that money, you know, was needed. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, it happened pretty rapidly by, by D.C. terms. $2.2 trillion, uh, you know, passed and, and, and signed in, in a matter of weeks. 
that's you know a record as well but we traded off sort of precision for speed uh, and so people were getting checks, quite frankly, that didn't need those checks. My father who passed away got one. Well, <laughs> yeah. And there's plenty of examples of that. But, but, but you know, th that's a different kind of mistake. But, I mean, giving it to somebody who's been working through the entire pandemic and hasn't seen any loss. It was a income. blunt tool, right? An immediate blunt, blunt tool. Uh, and so that helped. But it wasn't enough, of course, because the economy mm -hmm. still, um, you know, really didn't recover till we opened things up. Mm-hmm. Well, to put this in perspective, maybe for people who don't follow this as much as you and I do, right? Um, in 2019, the economy was $22 trillion, give or take, mm -hmm. right? So a $2, million, a $2 trillion package is a little under 10%. I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly big, uh, much larger than, uh, you know, our, our collective response to the Great Recession after 2008, 2009. And the total response, which was, I think, about 1.6 or 1.8 trillion, it took about 16 months to be kind of rolled out and implemented piecemeal. And spent, right. And yeah. spent. Yeah. Uh, so this, this was very quick, very large, um, and, you know, necessary because of what had happened with the shutdowns. Now, had we not shut down everything and let people make their own decisions, you know, and you know, maybe do public health measures masks uh, you know social distancing you know, you know washing your hands sanitizing common air uh but yet let the economy you know continue to function you know i think we would have seen you know, maybe a recession uh, certainly nothing on the magnitude of what we went through uh the second stimulus is really just rolling out now um how effective do you think it'll be uh, well, the second one, a uh, little bit smaller, uh, you know, it, it, it will help. Uh, again, I think the big thing is, is the economy's reopening. Uh, consumers are spending again. A lot of pent-up demand uh, from, this, uh, from this recession. We've got the vaccines uh, through the approval process and manufactured and being administered. So as we proceed through 2021, that fear factor is going to go down. You know, the ability to be in, in you know, larger crowds uh, should be increasingly uh, uh, possible as we go through 2021. So, um, you know, that's really going to be more important than any stimulus. And so this $1.9 that's being discussed now um, probably is overkill uh, where we are in the recovery. Um, but if they're going to do something, you know, Let's take the time and target it to those who need it. Yeah, right. I mean, so I can see extended unemployment insurance benefits for people who are still out of work, right? right. Rather than just mailing checks to people. Right. Um, Willy-nilly. Yeah. This, this uh, shutdown and this recession has really disproportionately hurt uh, lower-income households. I mean, Service like no industry other. people. Service right? industry people. I mean, here, obviously here with tourism being such a large sector, you know, tens of thousands of people lost their jobs uh, in tourism and, and related businesses. Um, you know, those are the people that, you know, have not gone back to work. These are the people that are still unemployed. These are the people that need help not, uh, you know, people that have been lucky enough to work throughout the entire pandemic. So did Florida do worse than the U.S. economy as a whole? Well, yeah, I, the contraction in, in state GDP, I think. Uh, will, On percentage will come, terms. In percentage terms, I think uh, we're projecting about 6% uh, 
okay uh versus three and a half percent nationally mm-hmm. so and Twice again is bad basically yeah and it, and it makes sense yeah, uh, yeah. because the devastation to tourism you know i mean orlando international airport uh passenger traffic was down 97 percent year over year in march and april i mean it's effectively shutting it down and then we had the major theme parks closed and people weren't going to the beaches and you know spring break was uh, you know, viewed as uh, evil for, for different reasons uh, this year than it usually is. Uh, it was going to be this huge super spreading event, right? Super spreaders, you know. Um, so, yeah, Florida took it really on the chin and tourism is still uh, climbing its way out of that, uh, that, that very deep hole. But the rest of the economy, um, you know, certainly didn't fare as badly. Do you think this next stimulus package will pass? Do you, do you think Congress will do something? You know, I'm kind of curious that there's been pushback because, I, you know, one thing I, I, I've observed, uh, you know, at least recent, recently in politics is that uh, when it comes to the Democratic Party, uh, you know, there, there are no uh, deserters. Uh, you know, they, they sort of march and vote in lockstep. Uh, maybe somebody will pay a little lip service here and there, but you don't have people voting against the party very much. And so they've got majorities, albeit slimmer than they did in 2008. Um, so it's interesting uh, to, to see some pushback. And, you know, it may be the, the, the nature of the, the, the executive, you know, executive office not being as you know, forceful, perhaps, that there, there's a little more pushback. Um, but uh, I think something will come through, you know, $1.9 trillion, almost the same size as the the package we did back when the economy was contracting 30 you know 31 percent uh, at a time when the economy is is uh, you know six months into recovery you know it, it's, it seems a little late in the game to be spending that kind of uh, money um and then you know you're talking about uh before we began recording you know yelling at kids that are on my lawn uh, I've been doing the economic equivalent of that for about 10 years about the, uh, the national debt. Well, I'm right there with you, brother. We're, one of the, we're probably the only two people who talk about this regularly. Uh, right. And, it, you know, it, uh, it's $27.6 trillion right now. Uh, if this goes through, it, it, let's just say a trillion dollars, that plus... Uh, you know, still uh, reduce tax uh, revenue. I mean, we're going to be pushing $30 trillion, uh, you know, by, certainly by the end of 2022 at this pace, um, you know, balanced budgets, surpluses, budgets at all. I mean, who needs them? We just, we've got continuing resolutions to, to fund everything. No debate over priorities. No, uh, it's just spend away. Um, but I'll say the same thing about the debt. You can't, you can't run up debt like this forever. We can't have a, a climbing debt to GDP ratio uh, without a, a day of reckoning at some point. I mean, we've been lucky. I don't know if it's lucky. I mean, we've been uh, enabled. Uh, well, interest rates have been so low for right. so long. Well, that's it. And so there's been no short-term pain. None. From all this borrowing, you know. Uh, but interest rates aren't going to be low forever. Now, they might be for five more years. They might be for 10 more years. But if we keep adding to that debt and interest rates start to rise, then the burden of that debt's going to rise right along with it. And we don't have wiggle room in the federal budget. I mean, most of the federal budget is, 
you know, non-discretionary spending, mandated entitlements, and can't be touched. You know, the the, the discretionary stuff. Oh, less defense, more, you know, more education. You know, this is nickel dime stuff when you're looking at a debt approaching thirty trillion dollars. So let's go on to the future then. When does the economy recover to pre-pandemic levels? What's your best guess on that? Both nationally and in Florida. Yeah, I, well, I think in the aggregate, if you're, you're looking at total payrolls, uh, you know, total jobs yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in the economy, I think by the end of 2021, we should be back to where we were in terms of payroll levels. Uh, the unemployment rate, uh, probably not uh, down to the same levels uh, by then, but uh, you know, I think into 2022, uh, you know, again, assuming that this recovery uh, progresses and there's not another, you know, policy shock or uh, viral shock, but um, with 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 tourism lagging, right? You know, I yeah, mean, I think uh, Florida will come out a little later. Yeah, right? I, I think we're into I think we're into 2022 um, before tourism sort of gets back, but. You know the the uh, data thus far uh, is is encouraging on that front. Um, you know, passenger traffic over the holiday season in in Orlando um, was the, the the largest in the nation, uh, down still forty two percent year over year. But you know, again, as we discussed earlier, you know, it was down ninety seven percent in March and April. So. That bounce back uh, is really pre-vaccine, right? Nobody had the vaccine right. uh, for the most part. Uh, or very few people did by the time the holiday season rolled around. This was just people saying, you know, I see what it is. We know what the risks are. I'm, 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 I'm traveling, you know. And uh, as the vaccine is, is you know, administered uh, more, more uh, widely than... I think that tourism accelerates as that that takes place. So I, I think you know by the time we get to summer, um, it may not be exactly where we were in the summer 2019, um, but I, I think we'll be you know 75 to 80 percent. So if you're the Biden administration, what do you do? Well, um, take it easy on executive orders. Uh, no, I. I you know, I think they're going to need to do some, they'll do some stimulus. Uh, I would say, again, let's make it targeted to those that really need it, to the individuals and the businesses that were damaged the most by these lockdowns and, and this, this COVID-19 recession. Um, and then, you know, take the foot off the gas uh, and let's see how 2021 plays itself out. Because, uh, I, I, you know, I do think... Um, you know, the, the, the pent up demand is still out there. It hasn't been fully vented. Uh, and as 2021 rolls on, you know, and people start to go do things in crowds and, and travel and all these things that have been uh, curtailed, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of growth uh, in, in consumer spending. I mean, um, you know, if you look, look at the upper rungs of the the household income ladder um that spending is way down still uh compared to where we were pre-pandemic and that's because you know those households are the ones m most likely to you know go spend two weeks in aruba yeah, or you know, most discretionary right. experience-based right. spending exactly. right yeah so, no doubt about it. um and and so that has not been uncorked yet 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's still coming. Um, I think housing is uh, a pretty solid driver of the economy, not just here in Florida, but but nationally, and I think it will continue to be. it was unusual, although we it's not late cycle anymore, but pre-COVID-19, you know, there, there was a, a booming or a building boom in housing taking place. And that was, you know, at the tail end right. of, of, of that expansion. Usually construction, you know, booms at the beginning of an expansion. So we had this late, late uh, expansion, you know, wind from construction and that, you know, that breeze is still blowing and i think you know continues through 2021 and, and probably a couple of years beyond do you think there'll be a tax increase of some well the, the tax cut and jobs act uh i think some elements of that are, are going to go um you know it, it's uh, it's always easy to just say oh we're going to tax corporations more and just you know pretend that there's you know some extraterrestrials that they pay are, that tax yeah they pay that tax that it isn't really us paying it um but uh you know it's it's confusing enough to most people that they think that they're not paying it and so so i i think you'll see that uh you know always always fashionable to tax the rich um so you know those higher Defined is over four hundred thousand dollars is that uh, the current it, proposal i think okay well i guess it depends on where you live uh yeah right and if you have kids uh <laughs> um so yeah I, I think taxes are going up um and and so that you know will have a dampening impact on the economy going forward uh, I, I think the economy because of the covid things got some momentum here as we so it may not from be that. a bad time in the short term not quite short frankly. time right yeah yeah but i i what i would expect to see and i don't know if it'll be you know in this administration, but at some point, there are going to be new taxes uh, implemented. And I think, again, back to this 20, 28, $27.5 trillion debt and growing, it's got to be paid for somehow. And I, well, so there's I think two ways wealth that- taxes. Like I, 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 I think, you know, your 401k might suddenly uh, be subject to a charge or a withdrawal processing, um, you know, privilege fee, uh, you know, financial transaction taxes, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get those uh, GameStop uh, Redditors, you know, we'll make them pay a tax every time they, they try to buy. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think in the medium run, that's, that's uh, likely to be the case. Is it politically or economically viable, though, to create a new set of taxes that would actually put the federal budget in balance? I mean, go back to, like, you know, right, pre-20 spending, yeah. 2020 spending. Well, you know, again, there's two ways out of this, right? Yeah, we we, we can either cut spending and get back into a balanced budget or a, or a surplus situation, right. or not unlike UCF, we can try to grow our way out of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there there are limits to enrollment. Uh, yeah. Right. And and you know, the 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 best of growth that we could expect uh, would be insufficient um, to 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 deal with the debt. That we yeah, have, like and we're not. We're not right. I mean, five right. percent would be historic. Over would be historic, and we need to sustain that. And even then, would still have to make some decisions. Right. Um, 
But what's not been addressed uh, are entitlement programs. I mean, we, we, you know, those taxes have been tweaked a little bit. The income limits have been pushed up. I think that'll that'll be part of that uh, Retirement ages might go up as well. I can see that uh, yeah, happening. Yeah, and yet. again, you know, as I get closer to eligibility, I, my opinion changes a little bit. Damn it, I want my Social Security. Um, but it was originally not meant to be a 35-year uh, defined benefit pension from the government. You know, this was to keep the elderly, many of whom, you know, fought in the great wars and supported those efforts and, you know, lived through the Depression and, you know, worked to make our country great, you know, make sure they didn't end their, you know, their lives in poverty. Uh, and so uh, the the eligibility age at, at the time it was uh, the program was uh, was created was uh, uh, older than life the life expectancy, um, and so that hasn't changed much in terms of eligibility age. Uh, but life expectancy has gone up significantly, and so that's why you know people are at the Social Security trough for much longer. Uh, than historically was the case. Anytime you try to touch Social Security, you're pushing grandma off the cliff in a wheelchair, the AARB, uh, you know, jackboots come out after you. You know, I think there's a realization, you know, uh, finally dawning here that we're, we're in trouble with this program as it is. The status quo is non-sustainable. So last question. Is the Roaring Twenties going to be a thing? It was for two months. <laughs> right? the, the, the first two months, uh, you know, was the best of times. Um, Can we have another decade-long run? I'm not sure. I, I think I think that there's significant damage uh, from this recession. Um, you know, I said, well, the aggregate, we might get back to the numbers, um, you know, in a year, year and a half. You know, there's still going to be losses that that you know don't Persist, get recovered right. yeah. yeah um particularly small businesses mm -hmm. you know no doubt there, there's many did not make it through the lockdown itself many limped on for a while but will not survive uh, 2021 and so that you know those folks those resources have to be be sort of redeployed and uh, yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a bit concerned about policy i mean it seems like we're slipping back towards uh you know sort of policies that do have a uh um a downward impact on economic growth you know a lot of the obama biden type ideas are sort of being re-rolled out again and i think i think a lot of that is what kept the economy from really bouncing back more strongly after the great recession and so again i don't know i have to wait and see what what actually happens and what gets passed but uh you know uh, what's being discussed um you know seems awful familiar Thanks, Sean. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my podcast, so I get to go last. The Spanish flu gave way to the Roaring Twenties. Will history repeat itself? Pent-up demand is most certainly a thing. People have been cooped up in their houses for a long time, and when this pandemic ends, they're going to want to party and travel. Some of this will result in a shift in consumer spending, away from goods, and towards entertainment and experiences. But on balance, I think, a pretty big bump is coming. But for all this to happen, the pandemic has to end. We can talk stimulus packages all we want, and some money is certainly needed. But the best stimulus package in my mind is the one that puts as many needles of the vaccine into people's arms as quickly as humanly possible. It is ultimately consumers, 
not the government that will drive this rebound. And to do that, people are going to have to feel safe going out again. Will this lead to a decade-long expansion? I doubt it. We've got a big bill to pay. Tax increases are probably in our future, and this will slow economic growth some. But the Roaring Twenties were mainly fueled by technological innovation as the electrification of America and the rise of mass production opened up new markets and fueled job and income growth. Maybe we'll see a number of innovations hit the market in the post-pandemic world, but I doubt they will replicate what happened in the 1920s. That said, predicting the future is a risky business. And right now, just returning to business as usual seems like reason enough to celebrate. What do you think? Check us out online and share your thoughts at business.ucf.edu slash podcast. You can also find extended interviews with our guests and notes from the show. Special thanks to my producer, Josh Miranda, and the whole team at the Office of Outreach and Engagement here at the UCF College of Business. And thank you for listening. Until next time, charge on. Internet killed the video star.